So, you've just finished A Court of Thorn and Roses, and you're craving another fantasy world to devour. Dipsy's got your back. Dive into spicy enemies-to-lovers tales or embark on an epic romance between immortal fae and sworn foes. They've got fantasy romance stories perfect for your morning walk, late night, or long bath. Dipsy is an app full of hundreds of short, spicy audio stories. They bring scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and realistic characters. Discover stories about second chance romances, adventurous vacation flings, and hot and heavy hookups. I gotta tell you that the immersive soundscapes are really what makes a good sexy story different from a not good sexy story because it just like adds like it's hard sometimes in like reading a novel to like get the actual feel of what's going on but when it's like oh we're like at the coffee shop and this is like actually happening it's like very different (laughs) and there's a growing library of fantasy series with werewolves greek gods and goddesses regency era historical fiction for you sam and fairy smut to explore the bounds of your pleasure new content is released every week so in between listening to your favorite stories again and again you can always find something new to explore dipsy offers a modern approach to romance through high quality and captivating audio fiction for listeners of the show dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash just break up that's 30 days of full access for free when you go to dipsystories.com slash just break up dipsystories.com slash just break up look bumble knows you're exhausted by dating all the must not take yourself too seriously and six one since that matters and what do i even say other than hey <sighs> Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to Just Break Up, the podcast about love, heartbreak, and all the relationship advice you don't want to hear. My name is Sierra DeMolder. And I'm Sam Blackwell. This week, we're going to tackle topics like not wanting to start over, thinking the door is open when it's not, and being in love with a friend. Oh, wow. Yeah. Really depressing. <laughs> <laughs> but first, we just want to give you our Surgeon General's warning, which is that we are not qualified to do this. Right. We are not professionals. We are not trained in this. No one certified us. Wouldn't it be fun if the mayor was like, this is just breakup day? <laughs> we could probably ask that to happen. Right. He's pretty liberal, right? Yeah. Anyway, uh, we are not professionals. Our advice is not sound (laughs) please take it as you see fit we're only here to offer our humble musings to hopefully shed some understanding and maybe some laughs on the incredibly rewarding but mostly confusing experience that is love welcome to episode 73 Mm. i believe cool who knows 73 yes um before we get started with our check-in topic continuing our conversation about cohabitation Mm -hmm. i have a very special holiday announcement for you all what is it well a million months ago i shouted out um after our live show i talked about how my dream would be to bring just break up to college campuses because Mm -hmm. i feel like the things we talk about are so instrumental when you're forming those relationships you know Healthy boundaries, good communication, safe sex, things like that. Um, And a wonderful person from the University of Oklahoma hit me up and said, we want you to come to us. So 
Guess what? What? Well, you already know all of this. <laughs> Thanks for playing along. No problem. We are doing our first live show on for with, in collaboration with the university, the University of Oklahoma. Our show is on January 17th. It's a Friday at 6 p.m. Open to the public at Second Wind Coffee House. You can find um, the Facebook event for it on our Facebook page. I'll also... Make sure to link to it on our website, but it is free, open to the public, no tickets, show up as you are. And again, that's in collaboration with the University of Oklahoma at the Second Wind Coffee Shop on January 17th, 6 p.m. Just Break Up is coming to you, Oklahoma. <laughs> Have you ever seen them play? Oklahoma? Yeah. No. Oh, well, we cannot riff on that Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to yes and you, but yeah, like yeah, I just yeah, don't watch like, a lot of no sports. And, no but, period. No but I don't do yes, that. Yes, but I'm excited. Have you ever been to Oklahoma? I have never been to Oklahoma. I have been to Oklahoma to Oklahoma City, but I've not been to the city of Norman. Apparently they're very close. Are they? Yeah. Fantastic. So we can't wait to see you all there. It's going to be great. Yes. We're going to talk about safe sex. You would hate that. You would hate that. You would hate everything about that. I love talking about safe sex. I just hate talking about sex. Right. Okay. So safe sex. Yeah. But also healthy boundaries, building safe relationships, things like that. Mm -hmm. And we're going to be answering letters um, per usual. So that'll be great. All right. So going back to our check-in topic, cohabitation, yeah, food, mm -hmm. and quality time together or like independence are the two topics that we wanted to close this little series out with. Mm-hmm. You can you tell me how you and Peter deal with food, but before you do, I'm going to interrupt you. <laughs> uh huh. And just say that I think it's important for us to talk about food when we're talking about cohabitation because food is inherently connected to our home life and money. Mm -hmm. And so, like our relation, you know, your you as a couple, your relationship to food and who makes food, how you buy food, go out to eat, Uber eats, things like that. Um, can be a pretty can definitely be a source of stress on partners, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, and so that's why I think we're looping it in. It might not be the most obvious answer, but it's been very instrumental in the two relationships that I have lived with people. Mm. Yeah. So you and Peter. Uh, yeah. I mean, Peter and I cook most nights. Mm -hmm. uh, like we cook every day during the week. And then we figure out other stuff over the weekend. Um, and Peter does all the grocery shopping, which is great because I don't like grocery shopping. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, and we just sort of, um, depending on who is busy and who's not, just sort of like decide who's going to do it. Right. Uh, so like Peter does the grocery shopping, but I will like add to the list. So I will prepare right like two meals per week or whatever, two or three meals. And then he'll prepare the other ones. But we're like... <laughs> Go ahead, tell him. I hate you. Sierra just rubbed her eye, but we're both wearing eye masks. I almost right now. poked myself in the eye. We're both wearing eye masks because we're beauty queens. That's right. Because we have to do a photo shoot. We have after to do this. just break up photo shoot. Um, and I no, I didn't rub my eye. I accidentally poked myself in the eye. Oh, okay. Yeah. Anyway, and then I made a funny face, and Sam could not keep it cool. You have like uh, no stage etiquette. You know, like you, you're always like, hee hee. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh, anyway, continue. Um, you're talking about um, sharing, and I was going to ask you, um, who? How do you decide who does the cooking? It's just basically 
And you both enjoy cooking, right? Yeah. That's pretty instrumental. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's like I have so many things usually after work with like recording this podcast and Mm -hmm. like other things that it has to be like, well, I'm only going to be home on or like home to cook on Monday and Wednesday. So like those will be my days and then you're in charge for the rest of them. Um, So that's how it works. But like we're not people who like to cook with each other. Mm -hmm. Like our friends, uh, Mike and Allison, like are always like cooking together like they make every meal and but like when i'm in the kitchen i'm like get out of here <laughs> like, <laughs> like let me do this myself yeah sous chef yeah who needs more that? like boo chef exactly <laughs> i don't know <laughs> um yes i, I <clears throat> while you were talking it made me think too why um cooking is such an important or can be a part of cohabitating is that like um often the type of food you cook equates to how much money you're spending on groceries, how Mm -hmm. much, and you guys are paying for groceries together. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's, it's another point where two couples can conflict, I guess, because maybe you have different dietary needs or maybe Peter's out there making like filet mignon all the time. And you're like, we can't afford this. Mm -hmm. You know, I know this is not true. I'm just saying hypothetically. (laughs) Yeah, no, we have had, I mean, but we have had conversations about, the grocery bill before right, where I'm totally. like, why are we spending this money on, much on groceries? And then it'll be like, oh, well, because both of us decided to make meat for all of our meals. Right, 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 right. <laughs> and so um, then it's like, okay, well, then let's make a conscious effort to not make meat at mm-hmm, every meal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, that brings me to, um, like, my experience with it is like, I, my girlfriend loves to eat <laughs> and loves to feed herself, uh-huh. but she's not a very experimental or like... She's like the, you know, rice and beans type of person. Mm-hmm. So I do most of the cooking, probably five nights out of the week. Um, but that's because I love cooking and I also love budgeting. Like I love trying to find like a very delicious meal that will keep us under the budget, yada, yada, yada. Um, and then we talked about like cleanliness last episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she does the dishes. So it's awesome. <laughs> that's like, awesome. I f- make the kitchen filthy. <laughs> feed us and then she cleans up for me that's great it's ideal to be honest we used to have a rule that whoever doesn't cook has to clean and then neither of us ever followed that rule <laughs> yeah you can um use the extra juice from your little eye mask <laughs> on the rest of your face oh great yeah that's what i'm doing right now if you're wondering why i'm moving this tiny <laughs> eye patch around my forehead <laughs> anyway oh, man. Great visual for them. Yeah, we're we're off to a great start with this episode. Um, any tips about food with your partner? Like any um, any roadblocks that you've come across or like arguments? I kind of hit it on the head in terms of like if you're overspending mm-hmm. or whatever. Have you ever guys argued over food? No. Yeah. Is it we ever both... an issue where you're like, um, where's my dinner? <laughs> you know? Uh, no. Because we do plan for it. Yeah. So like, like we have all of our meals planned throughout the week. So then it's like, yeah. if Peter can't make it, like, and we'll usually confirm like the day of like, oh, I, I will be home tonight so I can make dinner. Yeah. So like, there's never been a point where it's like, oops. Yeah. <laughs> like, I so we like know beforehand through, you know, communication with each other, like who's cooking. And then if neither of us is available, then we'll just like order pizza or whatever. Right, right. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think about any hardships about food. Not really for me right now, but when I was younger, yes, like when I was more poor mm-hmm. or less willing to cook 
less willing to do the work to get the delicious food. Side note tangent, like I know that eating out or like the there's there's a reason why we spend the majority of our money on food and going out to eat. And it's because we want something to taste as good as the restaurant does. Yeah. And we want the convenience like of ordering it. Also, there's something like to be said about if you grew up in poverty or if you grew up poor, um, food scarcity triggers a lot, you know, mm-hmm. and the, and the luxury of going out to eat like m- gives you contentment, you know, like it fe- it heals part of your trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I just want to say, like, being able to you if you. If you try and you find the right recipes, you can make such delicious, simple food and you don't have to be a very good cook. Yeah. Um, I'm just always amazed at like what you can make at home and and how it costs like seven dollars and fifty cents in ingredients and it can feed four people or whatever. Yep. Um, Soups. Yes, totally. They're delicious. You love soup. (laughs) I do love soup. And you can feed so much. Yeah. With like so few ingredients. Um, And I just wanted to say that because I feel like people, especially me younger, thinking about like when I had issues with um, feeding me and my partner when I was last living with someone, it's because I I wanted like the tr- the immediacy, the treat of going out to eat, mm. like the fanciness of it. And I, I didn't really have a good grasp of like how much money we were spending on food going out to eat because I think, oh, okay, this meal was 30 bucks or 50 bucks or add some drinks and a dessert and it's $75, right. you know? Um, not realizing that right now my weekly food budget for two people who eat a lot because we're pretty active is a hundred dollars and i'm like hitting 70 bucks a week you know and and it feels so good to like feed us at 70 bucks a week you know um so yeah when i was younger i was just like a lot more hesitant to cook for anybody out there who has not been taught how to cook by by like your parents or or your life or whatever um the internet is a magical place for people who like to make food, and you can do basic recipes, one-on-one recipes, or 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 like starter mm-hmm. recipes, and you can also find recipes for two people because that's another issue is that cooking for yourself is so challenging because of leftovers and portioning yep. and stuff like that. Uh, there's a great cookbook that we have that's called the Cooking for Two Cookbook by mm-hmm. America's Test Kitchen. Um which just makes like the perfect amount of food for two people right. or for one person and then to have leftovers for lunch the next day. Perfect. Um, and the recipes are all America's Test Kitchen like is my Test Bible. Test Kitchen? Yeah. Yeah, cute. Because they they like look at each um, each thing that they're cooking like a science experiment. So they will like change different variables in it and like cook the same thing 80 times, but like change different variables to arrive at the thing that works the best. Um, and their food is all like I... All of the food that they uh, have is amazing. And the cooking for two one is like just the exact perfect amount of food. So I would recommend it. I should have. I'm going to save that for my blind date. Yes. Perfect. <laughs> um, okay. But also let's close it out by talking about how you share quality time with mm-hmm. a partner. Yep. Um, the reason why I wanted to talk about food, too, is that I feel like our lives don't get any less crazy <laughs> as time mm-hmm. goes on. You know, work gets more stressful. You might have children. You might have family drama. You might have outside hobbies or activities. Um, and just because you're in a relationship does not mean you do all those things with people or that your schedule stabilizes. And one thing I really love about um, Willow and I sharing food together is that we know that that at that time in the day, we will be together. Mm. It doesn't matter if you and I need to record later or she has um, 
she needs to go to the gym or she has like softball practice. It doesn't matter if I um, need to go do family things or write or whatever it is. We have that one ritualized thing together and it feels very like I'm going to use the word wholesome, but I don't mean it in like a Betty Crocker yeah. or leave it to beaver sort of way. I just like I like that we get together over nurturing our bodies mm. And we cook and clean for each other or to spend that time together. Yeah, that's great. Anyway, but cohabitating, um, a challenge of living together is that you feel like you have to do everything together. Yeah, for sure. Which would be your worst nightmare, right? It would be 100% my worst nightmare. Yep. How do you <laughs> divide up your time with Peter and not Peter? And like, how do you, I guess, what does your like alone time look like at a house that you cohabitate with someone else? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think like Peter and I spend a lot of time together, just sort of like being together, <laughs> right? Like, but not like yeah. interacting. It's like when one person's reading a book and the other one's on their phone. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, you know, talking to each other about our days, but we both live pretty independent lives. Mm-hmm. I, we have, we share a lot of the same friends, which is great. So like if we are, you know, going out to dinner on Saturday night with friends, like it'll be a a group thing and we will both be there. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, you know, each of us will go to happy hour with people and on our own. Um, and I think that that actually is really important to both of us to right. have separate lives and to, to be doing things that um, are unique to, to each of us. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. There's something really magical about going out without your partner and coming home to them. Mm-hmm. I really love it. I really love being like, okay, sweetie, I will, see you later to this and I will come back to you to this shared space that we're building together this life you know I think it's very sweet do you have advice for people who have a hard time like drawing that line I don't because I don't understand that (laughs) (laughs) okay you can ask me you do that (laughs) um I think that it's important to acknowledge that you are safe and loved and your relationship is secure even if you spend time apart. And I'm talking about the, like, well, this is codependency 101. I'm talking about the simple things. Like, sometimes I, I want to do everything with my girlfriend. I want to go to the grocery store. I want to run errands. I want to walk the dogs. I want to write the yard. You know, all of these things I want to do together. Mm-hmm. And then I realize that I have my own life and my life has have my own needs outside of our relationship. Mm-hmm. I have a job, a podcast. I have ambitions. I have um, hobbies. And sometimes the things that I want or need to accomplish, they need to be just as important as my desire to like go grocery shopping with my girlfriend. So mm-hmm. sometimes I have to just be like, you know what? I would love to go with you because I'm codependent. <laughs> <laughs> And I, and I actually enjoy grocery shopping with her, um, but I'm going to let you take care of me. I'm going to trust you to come back. You know, not that she would like abandon me. <laughs> I just meant like, I think codependency is, <laughs> I know, right? It's like that Carly Rae Jepsen song where she's like, I'm going to the store and then she never comes back. <laughs> exactly. I, I, I made that joke because I think codependency is born out of this fear that if you're not together, then you run the risk of being left or mm-hmm. or that you can't control the world or or things like that. Yep. Um, and it's a fear of being alone because you feel insufficient when mm-hmm. you're not with your partner. I think trusting your partner to come back, trusting your partner to like um, be able to have another life, friends without you, fun, th- you know, 
something that I've been thinking about a lot is that I really want to move through this world wishing the best for my partner. Mm-hmm. And and we have to admit to the fact that sometimes our partners will have the best day and they won't see us. You know, mm-hmm. they will have the most fun with their friend at happy hour. They will, the, they will have a great day at lunch. They will have the, the most fun, you know, getting drinks with their sibling or or going shopping or just or just taking a bike ride by themselves. And they'll be like, oh, my God, that was the best day ever. And you won't be a part of it. And. You have to see what a beautiful, good thing that is. Mm. And I think that people with codependency, like not in an evil wishing that their partners were unhappy way, people with codependency issues want to be a part of their partner's happiness at all times. Yeah. And that's unhealthy. Mm. So that's what I would say. Yeah. I mean, I can give advice to the people who are like, oh, my God, the idea of spending all of my time with one person (laughs) is really terrifying. Yes, please do. Go ahead. Um, which I guess my recommendation for you folks who are like me, who are like, I, I need alone time in order to be a better partner, um, is to recognize that that's a need that you have and that it is a totally justifiable need. Right. And, um, the fact that you don't want to be around your partner all the time doesn't make you a bad person or a bad partner. It just means that, that the way that you are set up means that you need your own space. And Mm -hmm. so, uh, would encourage you to do things that, that provide you with that need. So uh, take a bath for an hour and not have your partner with you, right? Yes. Find time to like sit and decompress and look at your phone or read a book or watch a good movie, like whatever you need to do in order to to um, to function, basically. Right. And then also recognize that even if you are with your partner, you don't have to be like talking to them all of the time, mm-hmm. right? That like you can find aloneness within right. yourself. Yes. And you can coexist in a space with someone and still be able to do the things that you need to do. And like, there are things I think that I still struggle with in terms of like, I don't feel like I can do that when Peter's around. Right. Um, but I've taught myself like, nope, you can say no to him and you can go and listen to music in a different room and it won't be disturbing him, but it'll be something that you need to do. Um, and that is that is totally okay because I think that there's like so much expectation in relationships that like you're supposed to want to spend all of your time together. You're supposed I to totally. want to be in the same room. You're supposed to want to like cook together, right? And like that is not how my brain operates. Like right. when I go to the grocery store, I don't want to be with a person. I want to get the groceries done. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. it's not like a magical fun place for me. I'm like, no, I need to go in there and get the stuff so I can get out of here and like yeah, live I my real think life. Rom coms <laughs> like paint. A fucking sparkly picture. Right. That's like, oh, my God, he's going to, like, pull out the penne and he's going to, like, make it, like, talk in, like, a funny way. And Mm -hmm. then he's going to, like, wipe whipped cream off your face and kiss you in the middle of the aisle, the Mm -hmm. fucking terrible lighting of the grocery store. Right. You're going to, (laughs) like... Make out on the the kitchen counter while yeah. you're cooking and like Meanwhile, spill the wine. In reality, glass. it's like my girlfriend pretends that the baguette is her dick and like <laughs> I'm just embarrassing and I'm that like right. I yeah. do not want to be seen with you. <laughs> oh, uh, we're dating yeah. the same person. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. No. And so like I don't know. All relationships look different, mm-hmm. and the ways that we have been told that relationships should look are all bullshit. So, like, make up your own thing. Just do what feels right for you. Do it in a way that feels healthy 
and like figure it out. Like it doesn't have to look like anything specific, but just give yourself the time and space to to ask for what you need and to find something that feels good for both you and your partner and recognize that sometimes that isn't always going to look the same. And that is also okay. I totally agree. I totally agree. All right. Write us if you have any cohabitating uh, questions or advice, and we'll share it on our Instagram at Just Break Up Pod. Uh, let's get into our first letter. Let's do it. This letter is writing is written <laughs> is writing from. <laughs> this letter is written by the prodigal wife, who is writing to us from the weeds. So I believe I have a pretty unique situation, so I'm sorry for how long this is going to be. I'd like to preface this with the fact that I've only just started listening to this podcast. I already love and adore it and and love you both so much. I feel like you guys are my friends. So I don't exactly know your opinions on religion or church. I only know that the church and Christians have done a terribly shitty job of loving and accepting the LGBTQ community. And I would like to add that I struggle to forgive them for this as it is an ongoing thing. I do, however, believe in God and believe he is also just as disgusted by the actions of Christians who are supposed to represent him and, and who have done just an awful job with their hate and judgment. I only say all of this because I grew up in a very conservative Christian environment where sex was made to be a very dirty and rarely talked about thing. I didn't feel comfortable using tampons when I was younger because I thought even this would take away from the wedding night that I was saving myself for. I wanted to do things, quote, the right way. So flash forward to my 18th year, I met an incredible man who would later become my husband. We were both virgins, and he was becoming a pastor. I was so in love and so excited to be his wife. And then the honeymoon, dot, dot, dot. We couldn't have sex. We tried and tried, and it wasn't happening. So many tears, you guys. I'm crying while I type this out. I can't express how much of a failure I felt I was. Mm -hmm. I couldn't give my husband the one thing I was supposed to. I felt so broken and useless. He was very patient and sweet while we kept trying and and failing. I know that this is so stupid, but it took me a shamefully long time to go to the gynecologist because we were just so incredibly embarrassed. Mm. We told no one. My mom didn't know we were ha- we weren't having sex. His family, my friends, not a soul. I lied about it all the time and pretended our sex life was great. I eventually went to the gynecologist and discovered I have a vaginal septum that required surgery. Time out. I Googled this, mm-hmm. and it's basically like a condition where the, there is a, a tissue growth in the center of the vagina that divides it into two vaginas almost, mm-hmm. if you think about the septum of the nose. Mm-hmm. Um, and it can cause a whole bunch of really difficult things, like it can prevent menstrual blood from coming out. Mm. You can, like, grow... Um, Basically, your body will be confused and you're at risk of like growing extra organs, which sounds weird. Maybe I'm describing it wrong. Mm -hmm. But anyway, so tissue dividing the vagina into two cannot have sex. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, Anyway, after surgery, I had to heal. And when I tell you how painful sex was, please believe me, it was traumatic. Again, my own mother had no clue any of this was happening. I had absolutely no intimate connection with my husband by now. 
It was like we were just friends or roommates. I sought after other emotional connections a couple times because I wanted to start over with someone else. I felt like my marriage was ruined, doomed from the beginning. And even though I wasn't sleeping with anyone else, I still was not completely faithful to marriage. And I cannot describe the regret I feel for my actions at that time. Mm. So you might you might think that this all lasted a couple years or so, but my husband and I were married for almost eight years. Wow. We basically kept everything a secret because he was being ordained, and the last thing I wanted was to divorce him and ruin his chances of being the priest he'd always wanted to be. Angelican priests can be married. You guys, this man is truly one of the best people I know. He was not a perfect husband, but he loves people so much and has such a beautiful heart. Over the course of the eight years, he became my absolute best friend. But unfortunately, we were not able to keep to become overly romantic. And I feel it's mostly my fault for not trying harder. Mm. I wanted to escape instead. We didn't see counselors. We didn't go to therapy. We just got divorced last year, and it has been absolutely the worst. I have dated a few people, some good, some bad. After the last year of my blackout drunk nights, trying drugs for the first time, relying on other people to make me happy, I feel like I'm finally figuring myself out. I think I'm in a much better headspace than I've ever been before. I'm forgiving myself, taking care of myself, learning how to provide my own joy so that I can be a complete person of my own. I'm also finally letting myself enjoy sex. This is so huge for me. I can't even express it. And after all of these trials and tribulations, after this Lord of the Rings type journey, I honestly just want my husband back. We've remained best friends after all of this time. We work out together almost every morning, play music together and go to the movies, etc. I just listened to your 63rd podcast episode where you talked about starting a new relationship with an old partner. I know you said it has to be intentional. The thing is, there's so much hurt here. I hurt him so much. I have no idea how to start the conversation even. A couple of our close friends mentioned to me that see he still has feelings for me, but that he would be worried about starting things up again. There's also the whole church thing. Ugh, enough said. Also, his family hasn't fully forgiven me for my, quote, emotional affair, which was one of those Christian terms I absolutely hate, but I can understand their feelings. So I guess my question is, how the fuck do I start this conversation? How do I risk the friendship we've worked so hard on? What if he isn't ready? What if he doesn't actually want me at all? It'll make everything so awkward. But I don't like anyone as much as I like him. He's so weird like me. I just want to be 80 years old with him and have lots of cats and keep being weird together. I'm so afraid of his rejection, but more afraid of losing his friendship. But I really want to try and throw all of the shit of the past away and just start over. I'm almost 30 now, and I want to have babies with him. Fuck. Please help me. Thank you, guys. I truly love you both so much, and think you give amazing advice. Hope all is well. Mm. Thank you so much for writing Prodigal Wife. I'm going to call you Wife. <laughs> Wifey? That's Wifey. cute. Mm-hmm. Right? Okay. Anyway. Um, yes. Thank you so much for writing um, and being so articulate about this very unique, very challenging experience. Um, I definitely had my heartstrings pulled a couple times during this letter. And I want to start off by saying um, none of this is your fault. Mm-hmm. None of this is your fault. It's not your fault that you had this physical condition that you had no idea about until your wedding night. Mm -hmm. It's not your fault that you didn't tell anyone because you were socially conditioned not to. Mm -hmm. It's not your fault. You didn't, 
your marriage couldn't be saved if you quote unquote tried harder. Yep. It's a two way street, and and I'm sure we don't know all the nuances of it, but this your marriage did not fail. First of all. Mm-hmm. There's not a marriage that can like succeed or fail. That those are terms that we apply to like businesses, right? <laughs> um, that's not a term that I'm going to apply to like an emotional, important, intimate relationship in your life. Right. Um, but you wrote in there at one point, like, I wish I, if I had tried harder, I wouldn't have ended. And that's not real either. No, it's not because you were trying exactly as hard as you possibly could. Right. Right. With the. With, Even if it wasn't as hard, hard as you could now, yeah. that capacity at that time was as hard as you could. Absolutely. Given the circumstances and what you had available to you, you were trying as hard as you could. Right. Even if it doesn't feel like that, because you wouldn't have done anything else, right? You wouldn't have not tried hard. Right. Exactly. Um, and the second thing I want to say before we get to like the potential future of your relationship slash friendship is... I want to say that I'm proud of you mm-hmm. for getting to know yourself because that's what you did. Uh, after your divorce, you said you ha- maybe had some unhealthy months, you know, and uh, you've tried out dating and you tried some drugs and all of those things. And you might not be 100% proud of that behavior, but I am. I'm proud <laughs> that you tried out things in the in the world and... Um, you took and you took what you liked and you left what you didn't like and mm-hmm. you're you are slowly shaping yourself to be the person that you want to be the most authentic v- version of yourself and you yeah. really only do that work by experiencing life by trying things and um seeing where you can go from there mm-hmm. and it sounds like you are walking down that long path journey into yourself, as right. Rumi would say. Yeah. And I'm proud of you for that. I'm proud of you for enjoying sex, for trying on other people and deciding that you're better loving yourself. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. No, that's great. Um, But let's bring—oh, you know what the last thing I want to say before we talk about the potential of her relationship is that— God loves that experimentation, too. Mm. Like, God loves us, if you believe in God or not. Um, And I think you don't, Sam. No. And I don't. However, I'm spiritual. Mm -hmm. But, like, the the higher power in the universe um, wants us to know ourselves deeply. And we cannot know ourselves deeply without struggle, without experimentation, Mm -hmm. um, without the highs and lows of suffering and triumphs. Um, So... I'm not alone in being proud of you. Let's yeah. just say that. Sure. Okay. So, Samuel. Yeah. Should she tell her ex-husband how she feels? I'm going to say yes. I do. I, I feel that way, too. Why do you? So, I was kind of expecting you to say something different. Yeah. But well, I, at the start of the letter, I was thinking something different. But then by then, I was like, I just shoot your shot, girl. Yeah. Um. <laughs> And I feel like in a couple episodes past, we were like, nope, close the door, like, let it be over. But what is it about this letter and this situation that makes you feel like that? Because I I think the circumstances surrounding it shape my answer for me. Um, I think because now you two have become two different people 
independent of each other. And now you have an opportunity to re-meet each other as different people. Yes. And I think that's what is giving me the most faith in the fact that this relationship could come together again uh, is because you. it seems like you have had time to separately grow. Yes. And it, for me, it seems like your relationship didn't die because of... Um, because you weren't compatible. I think it was because you weren't able to grow together. Yes. And you didn't have the tools because of your upbringing in the church to not feel shame about um, your uh, issues with sex. Mm -hmm. Um, And now you're unpacking all of that. And, and Sam's right. Like maybe now when I first read this letter, honestly, wifey, I think my heart felt like it was just unfair. Mm-hmm. It was just unfair that you had to have that on your wedding night. Like yeah. that's that's the universe being unfair. Right. Um, and I think that you might have a chance to rebuild as a new unique relationship. Mm-hmm. Here's my caveat, though, because I think that it is okay if you are sexually incompatible. Like, it, excuse me, it's not it's not okay if you're sexually incompatible. Just because you love this man, just because you see yourself being old together, doesn't mean you should deny yourself the experience of having an intimate romantic partnership. Yeah. Right? Sex is not the end-all be-all for relationships, but I don't want you to romanticize or idealize a relationship with him in long-term where it is like this romantic friendship without the possibility of you two having an intimate physical relationship. You deserve that. Mm -hmm. He deserves that. He deserves to have an intimate physical partner. You deserve to have an intimate physical partner. Mm -hmm. So I want to make sure before we tell you to send that Hail Mary or to tell him how you feel that I want to make sure you can that you see yourself sexually attracted to him mm-hmm. and you want to have sex with him. Yep. Do you agree? Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I do agree if sex is what you want out right. of a relationship. Right. right? And I, it seems like it is. Um, and I, you know, there are some restrictions on you in terms of <laughs> religion that make it like, well, maybe you could have like a wonderful, loving relationship that doesn't have sex and then you find sex elsewhere. But I don't think that that is really in the cards for you, given that he's a priest. Um, but I do think that it is important for you to to tackle that head on because mm-hmm. it is, you know, we we talk about this whenever we talk about people getting back together with people who have, you know, wronged them or where there has been conflict, right? You have to address the conflict that broke you up head on. Head on. Or else it's just going to happen again. Yep. So if the if the source of your conflict here was that you had an emotional affair, whatever that means. Right. <laughs> and that you, you really had difficulty having sex, then like those need to be the two things that you I talk totally about agree, Sam. first of all. I totally agree. And so and arrive at a place where you both feel comfortable with the outcome of those conversations. Right. Because right? otherwise it's just going to continue to fester. Yeah. And and like having repeated sex, bad sex with someone that is painful and traumatic is not just something that you can really like get over immediately, right? right? It's going to take time and it's going to take patience and it might take a therapy or a couples counselor right. or a sex, sex therapist, therapist, whatever it is, because like erasing the trauma of going through really painful sex with someone repeatedly is going to take a while to to undo, right? In the same way that any sort of physical trauma right. can affect us uh, throughout, yeah. throughout our lives. So 
I just want to be really clear that like, yes, I have faith that this relationship, you two could come back together, but it is going to take a lot of work. Yes. And I, I think too, like, I think we have the capacity to code people as like non-sexual or sexual, mm-hmm. you know, like I, like, like, uh, it's the way you code your co-ed friends like, oh, this person is not for me to have sex with. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh-huh. And um, it sounds like you did that uh, in your marriage. Mm-hmm. You th- you decided that was no longer a part of your romantic relationship or your, or your marriage. And even as you talk about him in the second half of your letter, post-divorce, he's my friend. He's my best friend. We go to the gym together. We listen to music together. I want to hear you say, I desire him. Mm. I feel attracted to him. I feel Mm -hmm. safe with him. Um, You have to make sure that you're willing to take on, really, that you're willing to see him differently. Yeah. Um, Because he's he's not just your friend. Or like, to get back together with him, I, I think I would... I would want you to just not just see him as a friend. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess w- one thing I want to leave you with before we go that might be outside of the realm of the advice we've already given you is that, well, first I want to say, shoot your shot. Yeah. Life is too short. You might be able to write this. However, there's nothing really to write. I take back that, that verbiage <laughs> because like you don't owe him anything. Just because your marriage ended didn't mean your love was wasted. Mm-hmm. Just because your marriage ended didn't mean you are doesn't mean you're a failure. Right. Um, doesn't mean that you are less than. Yep. Um, but and also, yeah. Go ahead. No, and just like the fact that his family doesn't like you doesn't matter because right. they weren't there. They didn't. They didn't know what it was like to be. They didn't in your even shoes. know what you were experiencing. Right, exactly. To have to hide this thing that was happening and the trauma that goes along with that. So, like, right. they don't matter. They they weren't there. What they think of you is unimportant. The only thing that matters is Sam and I. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but what I was going to say is, like, although I think that you should shoot your shot, I also want to put out into the universe just a general appreciation for the fact that this person is still in your life. Mm. And that if you don't get back together, that's okay. You can still have this beautiful person in your life, mm-hmm. um, and you deserve a whole love, a happy, healthy, safe, sexual, fulfilling love, whether it's with this guy or not. Mm-hmm. And I say that only because I, after all of these prompts of like, how do you see your ex-husband? How do you, you know, what are you willing to risk to, to get him back in? to your life, I just want to add that like there, he just, he just might not be the one for you, Mm -hmm. even if you love him so wholly. And I think that where, why I'm saying this to you, wifey is because one of my great loves of my life um, was the best person I knew is the best person I know still to this day. And we just weren't compatible. Mm Mm-hmm. I loved living with him. I loved the way he lived. I loved the way he related to the world. I think he's funny and charming and attractive and smart and talented and intelligent. And and I could see myself having children with him. Um, and at the end of the day, we just weren't meant to be romantic partners. Mm-hmm. 
and I love them to this day. Yeah. And I just have to know that that is possible, that you can love someone so wholly and not be right for each other. For sure. That being said, the way to reach out to your husband or your ex-husband is to ask him to come out for coffee or meet you and say, I would maybe phrase it like, um, I would ruminate on my feelings a lot. (laughs) (laughs) I would get to a meditative mental place where... I was prepared to hear anything, right? I was prepared to hear him say, nope, I don't have feelings for you anymore. Or I was prepared for him to get angry or cry or whatever. Um, Like you have to settle yourself, settle your expectations in your heart and just say, I'm going to tell him this because life is short Mm -hmm. and I want him to know how I feel. It's not that I want him to, I'm not telling him this to get a response. Yeah. Right. And so you can say, I have something important to tell you. Um, I don't need you to take any action or say anything to me. I'm just telling you this because I love you and I need you to know how I feel. Yep. And then you tell them how you feel. Yeah. And I think that oh, idea. Oh, couples counseling too. Yes. A therapist. Please do that. Get do a that. therapist. Yep. Mm-hmm. No shame. Therapists are literally go to school and pay thousands of dollars to become experts in helping people be he- happy, healthy couples. That's right. And Unlike Sam and I. Yeah, and then we just do it for free. <laughs> <laughs> um. But I will also say like that idea, that sort of openness to the to whatever outcome may come is also something that you're going to need to bring into this relationship because if because there are so many expectations right now. Yeah. And there are so much build up of this person that you need to be able to to walk into that relationship and think like, I'm OK if this works out. I am OK if this doesn't work out. And whatever happens in between those things. Right. right. Because. I think sometimes when we have built up someone for so long, it can be really hard to date them because our expectations of them are so high. Yes, totally. And so so I want you to just breathe and know that you are all right, whether or not this person loves you back. You are all right, whether or not this person wants to be with you or date you. You are all right if you decide to date and it just doesn't work out. Right. Like you are still a whole person. You are still worthy of love. And you are giving yourself the permission to try something and see where it goes. Yeah, you're giving yourself permission to fail. That's too. right. Yep. All right, wifey. Good luck. Please let us know what happens. Yes. <laughs> we love you. Thank you so much for writing. Y'all, as a self-employed person, as a mom of a toddler, I am always struggling with finding time to manage my finances. At the end of a busy week, the last thing I want to do is spend time budgeting all of my expenses or tracking down customer service teams to cancel old subscriptions I no longer use. But now I use Rocket Money and it does all of that for me. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. With Rocket Money, you have full control over your subscriptions and a clear view of your expenses. You can see all your subscriptions in one place. And if you see something you don't want, Rocket Money can help cancel it with a few taps. I love how the dashboard shows me this month's spending compared to last month so I can clearly see my spending habits and check myself if needed. Plus, they'll help me create a custom budget and keep my spending on track. Rocket Money will even help try to negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is submit a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. They'll deal with customer service for you, which I obviously love as a somewhat introverted, conflict
much avoid in person. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Rocket Money has over 5 million subscribers and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash just break up. That's rocketmoney.com slash just break up. Rocketmoney.com slash just break up. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets, sweaters, and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily I found Quince. Now I've got a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year. Quince has things like premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. And the best part is that all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. This past month, I treated myself to a pair of new slippers because I'm in that hashtag mom life era of my life um, in which... (laughs) Um, I am never not in slippers, and these are 100% Australian shearling-lined clog slippers, and I love that they're slip-on, but they have those durable rubber outsoles. They're super cushy, super comfortable, but I feel like I can run outside to, like, take the trash out in them while also, like, staying warm and active in the house. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash just break up for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash just break up to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash just break up. Our next letter comes from Rita, who is writing from Denmark. Hi, guys. And first of all, thank you for making me feel a tiny bit less lonely in these past very rough months. I am a 25-year-old woman, and six months ago, my boyfriend of three years broke up with me completely out of the blue. There were no major issues in our relationship, and things were going very well, as they usually did. His reason for the breakup was that he felt he had to focus on himself right now. He is turning 30 in a few months, and I think he is going through some sort of identity crisis in his life. He made it clear that I had done nothing wrong, and the breakup was not my fault. He told me this is not necessarily the end for us, but he couldn't say for sure to never say never. Regardless, he made it very clear that we are not on a break, that for the time being, we are definitely broken up. The problem is that he never closed the door for us completely and left me in this weird state of waiting. These past six months have been the hardest of my life, and I have major PTSD symptoms. I know that being under this much stress is taking a huge toll on my physical and mental health. I feel like I've lost a limb and can't function normally anymore. I simply can't find a way out of the situation. I have zero interest in meeting new people and can't even imagine being interested in someone else romantically, but it kills me to stay in this train wreck of a state I'm currently in. Something in me says that if there is any kind of chance of getting the love of my life back, I have to hold on to it. I know it's ridiculous to put your life on hold for something that might never happen, but that's what my heart tells me to do. Cutting him out completely is not an option since both of us work in the not-so-big art scene and live in the same city, so we're kind of bound to run into each other once in a while. I guess my question is just simply, what the hell should I do? 
Thank you so much for writing, Rita. Um, yeah. I'm going to start out very confidently by saying something very clearly. Cool. You, Rita, want to be with someone who wants to be with you. Mm-hmm. You want to be, you, you should want to be with someone who wants to be with you. Right. And the sad, difficult, hard to swallow truth is your ex does not want to be with you. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter if he said during his breakup that maybe one day you could get back together. He has chosen to to remove you from his life. Yep. And that sounds really harsh, but I'm directly quoting Sam circa <laughs> summer of 2018. Uh-huh. When I was dumped <laughs> and I was like, but like, what if we like, mm, I want to like me. And then Sam was like, Sierra, do not contact him. He has chosen to leave your life. And he, Sam also said he has chosen to give up the privilege of speaking to you. Yeah. <laughs> Sam's I'm smart. Like, <laughs> um, and that's really hard to hear. Uh, it was very hard to hear. <laughs> very easy to say. Right. Um, but it did shake something in me where I was like, fuck, I can fight against this reality all I want. I can grind my body up against this reality and say, no, 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 this is not the reality. Mm-hmm. But it is, Rita. Right. He chose to leave you. And that is so painful. It's so painful because you feel like you lost your love, that your love was wasted, that you're rejected, that you're not good enough. None of that is true. But what is true is that the door is closed. Yes. He did not leave the door open. And even if you feel like he did, because he talked about maybe getting together in the future, you need to close it. Absolutely. You deserve to close it. That's right. And I think that's um, what struck me most about your letter, Rita, is that you have now denied yourself all agency over your life, right? You You have said that this man who does not want to be with you gets to decide how you feel and how you move through the world. Yep. Right? And that sucks. Like, yeah. Like, I, heartbreak is awful. Heartbreak is also unavoidable, right? There are things, we cannot move through this world without having our heart broken at some point, right? right? But you have the choice to move through the world differently. You have the choice to take back your power and say, that man does not want to be with me, so I do not want to be with him. Yeah, if he don't love you anymore... Walk your fine ass out that door. Yes. Lizzo. Great yep. quote. I thought it was my favorite quote of that song, Good as Hell, because it, it it gave me agency during my breakup because I kept thinking, like, he doesn't love me anymore. I have to tell myself that. Mm-hmm. And I have to tell myself that in a way that empowers me. Yeah. If he doesn't love me anymore, then I'm getting the fuck out of here so I can find someone who does. Right. And that's... And that's the other thing, Rita, is, like, you want to be with someone who wants to be with you. Kick this man out of your mental brain space, yep. out of your life, because he's taking up space. He's taking up the space that the people who would actually want to be with you would inhabit, right? For sure. Um, and you, it's like he's he's taking up space in your head and not paying rent. That's right. And I know, Rita, that your heart is telling you to wait for this person, but that's why we talk about head and heart work. 
is because sometimes our hearts are stupid and they make us do stupid things that hurt us. Yeah, or not do stupid. They're like, no, just lay in bed and be sad about this right. dickhead. Oh, let me just hold on to this person and, that told me maybe someday we'll get back together. Yeah, meanwhile, your head's like, but he said he didn't want to get back together. And your heart's like, la, 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 like, with their fingers in their ears. Right? Sometimes we need our heads to say, okay, heart, you're wrong about this one. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know that you want to be with this person who actively is choosing not to be with you. Yes. But I get to decide that we're going to say no. Yes. And we're going to move on and, and shut that door. But Rita, thinking about my breakup, thinking about that time, I, I needed my head to like empower me, to remind me that I'm worthy of love and that like ultimately life's too short to lust after a chapter that is closed. Mm-hmm. That is the past. Your future is ahead of you and someone in that future is going to love you way better than this guy. For sure. And even if it's not way better, like, I think I think what I struggled with most when, whenever I went through breakups is I kept thinking, like, the love was good once. The love was good once. Without actually telling myself the truth, which is to say, that good love is negated if he doesn't want to be with me, <laughs> right. right? Like that good love, is it good? He just broke up with me. Right. You know? And so I think we have to like, we have to see the whole picture of it all. For sure. Also, at one point you said, it feels like I lost a limb, which is something that's so relatable. I feel like heartbreak is so physical, but I also think it's really ironic because we always love to say, you want to feel happy, healthy, whole. And this... <laughs> That tells me, Rita, that you are making this man a part of your being. Mm-hmm. But guess what? You are whole right now, as is, without his love, without this relationship. You're even whole with this heartbreak, with this, like, gaping wound. Yeah. This is part of you and the human experience. You are a whole, worthy person, as is right now. I just thought it was so ironic that that you use that phrase, without a limb, because we like to say happy, healthy, whole. You know? For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I also think, like, Rita, if if you continue in this space to continue to pine after this person and continue to to hurt yourself over and over again, trying to ram into a door that is firmly closed. Right, 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 right. Uh, even if you get back together with him, like, it's just not going to look good. Uh-uh. Right? <laughs> like, because how how are you going to feel getting back together with this person who you have pined over over and over and over again and who has had nothing to do with you for whatever, a year, and then says, okay, well, now come back in now that Mm -hmm. I'm ready for you. Like that doesn't create a a level of health in a relationship that's going to be sustainable, right? Yes. And I don't want you to focus on your own self-growth in order to get him back. But I want to say to you that if you don't do any self-growth in this period, even if he takes you back, it's going to, it's the relationship is not going to be what you want it to be. It's going to be imbalanced. And I'm so glad you said that, Sam, because I was just sitting here thinking, ah, fuck, we're the worst. You want to know why? (laughs) Why? Because the first letter, we're like, yeah, get back together with him. (laughs) Fuck. Uh, but let me tell. But I, I feel very confident in our advice. Uh-huh. Hypothetically, <laughs> we um, always feel very confident ooh, in our advice. <laughs> um, Rita, the reason why we're giving you different advice is because it's very obvious to us from your letter that you are not allowing yourself to a heal 
And B, you are not granting yourself the self-respect you deserve. Absolutely. Right? Like what is obvious from your letter is that you see him as completing you. So therefore, you will always feel broken unless he patches you together. Mm -hmm. And that is a fundamental thing that you need to strengthen before you move forward with anyone else in a relationship. Right? Like like what Sam is saying is if nothing changes now, that relationship is sure as shit not going to thrive. You know? for sure. And— And we might be sounding a little harsh on you, but it's just because we want you to feel like a badass bitch who deserves someone who wants them. Absolutely. You deserve someone who is so excited to wake up every morning to be with you. You deserve someone who communicates beyond the fact of, oh, I'm just not like feeling it anymore. Right. You deserve someone who wants to be with you, period. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think our brain, our hearts so often struggle to hear that when they're marinated in all that hurt and rejection. For sure. So that's why Sam and I are here, to yell at you. That's right. <laughs> Lovingly. We just want to shake you a little bit. Yeah. Like, because we love you so much. Right. Exactly. <laughs> that sounds awful. Um, <laughs> um, like Sam said, start taking care of yourself. Start giving yourself the opportunity to heal. And then you will find that you either, A, have more clarity about your relationship and now understand how to move forward with it, or B, you will be interested in seeing other people mm-hmm. because you'll all, all of a sudden be like, damn, I'm a badass, gorgeous babe who's right. like worthy of like people's desires and attention sure. and love. Or C, you're going to say, wow, I'm really enjoying getting to know myself and I'm mm-hmm. going to continue down this journey of head and heart work and self-care and make sure that I'm prioritizing taking care of myself. Because let me tell you something really personal, Rita. The best way I got over a breakup is to reset my understanding of what feels good, mm-hmm. of what what feels like happiness. Yep. Because in relationships, so often we get wrapped up into other people's definition of ourselves and our happiness. We start setting things to their standards, setting things to their desires. And I really needed to like have an upheaval of understanding of myself about how like I just wasn't at that time. I just was not prioritizing feeling good. What is, what does feeling good look like for Rita that doesn't involve other people? For sure. What does feeling happy look like without other people in your life? What, what, can you tell me what makes you feel fulfilled about yourself or what you love about yourself? Yeah. Those are answer- questions that you can answer now while you are working to close the door on this relationship. Absolutely. Because you deserve it. You deserve to have this opportunity to learn and to grow and to take that long journey into yourself. Yep. <laughs> Couldn't remember the quote, could you? Uh-uh. Uh, and you, when will you begin that long journey into yourself? That's right. Rumi. And you deserve happiness that isn't sort of sl- is slamming yourself against a door that's already yeah. closed, right? And that's why that's why we're being so harsh with you. That's why we're giving you this advice because we know that you deserve it. Yes. And we want you to see that you do. Yeah. And let's not even call it harsh. Let's just call it real. Yeah, it's real. <laughs> it's real. <laughs> uh-huh. Rita, we love you so much and we believe in you. Thank you so much for writing. We love you. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, our final letter is from Jeannie Jones, who is writing to us from South Bend, Indiana. Mayor Pete. Buttigieg. (laughs) All right, this is getting old. Hi, Sam and Sierra. First of all, thank you. I found your podcast just short of a month ago, and I was instantly obsessed. You two do so much good, and it's much appreciated. I'm a 30-year-old pan-romantic gender-fluid being, both she, her, and they, them pronouns are okay, that has never been in a serious, committed relationship. I've only had two relationships, both polyamorous. They were seeing other people, but I was only seeing them. Both ended up being incredibly toxic due to lack of communication, so I ended both of them after just a few months. I used to consider myself undateable, incapable of being in a healthy relationship due to my own insecurities. With a lot of head and heart work, therapy, and an incredible tribe, I've learned that those insecurities don't make me any less worthy of love. Of course, since I'm a human being, there have definitely been times where I've wanted to pursue someone, but feelings weren't reciprocated. I'm a very empathetic person who sees beauty in just about everyone and everything, which has in turn caused a lot of heartache because people are terrible. Over the last few years, I've become much better at setting boundaries and to protect my heart and my energy. This has prevented me from pursuing things with people that would have been bad for me, which I'm incredibly grateful for. In the process of setting those boundaries, I met the most beautiful man inside and out mm. that I've been uh, that I've ever encountered. Let's call him Liam. I met him at our local karaoke bar, and our connection was instant. He has the most calming presence, and our encounters, even when they're brief, are nothing short of pure magic. We developed such a great friendship over the years, and I don't know what I'd do without him. I am absolutely in love with this man, as much as I've tried not to be. For the first year and a half of our friendship, he was single. I had so many opportunities to pursue a relationship with Liam, but I've refrained due to fear of being turned down or losing him. I'm Actually glad I did, though, because our friendship means the absolute world to me. He trusts me enough to tear down his walls and talk about incredibly hard, vulnerable things. About a year and a half ago, he started dating an incredible woman named Ruby. She's beautiful, kind, funny, and disgustingly perfect for him. She also has three children, so Liam has become a father figure and created a wonderful family for himself. While I'm so happy for him and truly adore his partner, there are times when I wish it would have been me. I feel so guilty when I feel that way because I know that they'll likely spend the rest of their lives together. His love for Ruby and her children is so pure and beautiful, and I would never want anything to get in the way of that. Since they're dating, since they started dating, Liam moved in with her and the kids, and I don't see him as much as we'd like. So when we do spend time together, Ruby knows that she can trust me. She is a fucking goddess, and we have so much mutual respect for one another. She's not able to be as social as she'd like to be since raising her young children is her top priority. Since Liam is a perfect specimen, she sometimes gets worried when he goes out, even though there's no one else he'd rather be with. I'm so glad that she knows she can trust me. Last weekend, he came into town 
on his night off and got a hold of me. We ended up having one of the best times we've ever had together. We talked about life, love, mental health, and everything in between. He ended up opening up to me even more about his anxiety and depression and brought up things that only his partner, his mother, and his brother know about him. At the end of the night, he told me that the that the only way he could possibly express his love for me was to tell me what he did. I'm really surprised that I was not a literal puddle by the end of the night because just seeing him makes my heart melt. I've done a pretty fantastic job, or the best I can at least, of putting my love for him to the side since I respect him and his relationship far too much to let my feels, which I have a lot of, get in the way of our connection. It's been hard, but I know it's what I need to do. He's helped me recognize my worth in so many ways and shown me how I deserve to be treated. Now, I fear it's going to be impossible for me to have a happy, healthy, romantic relationship with anyone else because he set such a high standard for me. Until this last weekend, I thought I'd been in the process of moving on, but this perfect bitch had to come around and be perfect again. (laughs) How do I get myself out of this cycle without losing the friendship we have? We both don't want that. Our bond is so pure and beautiful. I just may need to do a better job guarding my heart. I love you both. Thank you for being you, Jeannie. Mm. All right, Jeannie. Thank you so much for writing. Ugh. <laughs> I love hate this letter. Yeah. I love hate I have, it. I like, beca- so many things to say and I don't even know where to start. <laughs> I love hate it because I relate to it on a deeply spiritual bodily level. Mm-hmm. I, too, love intensely. Yeah. Um... I too, uh, I don't know. I, I too have been in whether it be unrequited or unrequitable <laughs> um, <laughs> situations. New words, love it. New words. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, there's a difference between. Yeah. No, um, like he is not able to return exactly. the love because yeah. he's in a relationship with a perfect. Exactly. A I, I've been in both situations. One where the person did not reciprocate it and the other where that person was already in a relationship. And mm-hmm. I just um, I don't do well. <laughs> I don't I don't thrive <laughs> in that environment. And that's uh-huh. because I am like Jeannie in the way that I just see so much love and beauty. And when I see the potential, it makes my heart hurt a little bit every time we don't reach that potential. Sure. And that might sound like the most sociopathic like Gemini thing to say ever. And I'm happy to say that like my infidelity days are left well in my 20s. <laughs> but I my heart has a hard time with it. My heart will hurt mm-hmm. when I feel like um, I love someone, someone so much and I see that like bizarre potential universe like fluttering in the sparkly distance, but I can't reach it. Right. So what did what do you do? What did you do? <laughs> Okay, well, I was hoping you would tell me what to do. <laughs> no, um, I, uh, it got that sort of like heart flutter got easier over time, mm-hmm. both individually in those relationships and over time. Like, I think when I was younger, I probably would have been a little selfish and reckless and way less composed than Jeannie, mm-hmm. and I would have acted on it. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, after a decade of making bad decisions, I know what type of life I want to cultivate. I know what type of relationships I want. And I, I wouldn't jeopardize those based off of these like fluttery, glittery desires. Sure. And I'm not, I'm using those funny words, but Jeannie, I totally understand and respect how you like love this person and find them attractive and funny. Like this is real. This love is real. Yeah. 
So I don't, I'm not trivializing it by calling it glittery. <laughs> <laughs> but it is a little bit glittery, right? right because, because you only see him. Yeah, because he's perfect because he's never done anything imperfect to you. Right? Exactly. And and I think and I'm I'm not trying to say he's not a good person. Like I'm, he seems he like a rock star. Yeah. Like awesome. Yeah. He seems Does he cool. look like his, Adam Levine? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, his partner seems really cool. Like I'm not I'm not disputing that they are two really cool people. Yeah. And who I would love to be friends with. Mm-hmm. But you've never seen him wake up in the morning and scratch his balls, right? Like <laughs> the new shit is fans. (laughs) Yeah. Right. You have never been in a disagreement with him. You have never seen the way that he treats wait staff who (laughs) bring out the wrong food. Right. Yeah. 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 Like, and I'm not saying that he does any of those things, but I am saying that there are things about him that are not perfect. And you, you are not seeing them because you're, you are only seeing him in moments where he's on and he's connecting with you and it's great. And you're not seeing them because you are choosing not to see them. Right. Right. Because you have decided that this person is the person that you are in love with. And therefore, this person is perfect and you will never have this perfect person and you don't deserve to find love elsewhere. Right. Totally. Because this person is the only perfect person and there aren't other people out there who are just as wonderful as this guy. Absolutely. And I think you are denying yourself the opportunity to find a love that is wonderful in its imperfections. Yes. By by focusing on this person. And this I'm not saying that bitch. right this perfect bitch <laughs> who comes into your life, has a great night with you and then goes back to his perfect family. Right. And I just want to encourage you, Jeannie, to think about this differently. Because the again, head and heart work, right? The heart is like Oh my god, that's perfect. This person is absolutely perfect, and, and I look love at my huge them. heart boner. Right? Yes. Uh, and this is when the head has to come in and be like, "That person is really cool, and I love hanging out with them. They're not perfect. I know for a fact that they are not a perfect person, and they're not perfect for me because they are with someone else. Yes, they are so, actively choosing once again not to be with me, Samuel, <laughs> which I've called you four times today. Um, so for really like sentimental bleeding heart people like me, <laughs> you just rolled your eyes. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I feel a physical twinge in my heart when I think like not not right now, not in my life right now, but like in the past, like when I wanted that person and I couldn't have them. Mm-hmm. Um like is there space for thinking like, yes, this perfect bitch is perfect or or is as wonderful as i think he is mm-hmm. but he's just not for me yeah in this life like i think that's what i've ha- had to tell myself is that like aren't i lucky for having wonderful people in my life in so many different ways and aren't i lucky for like knowing someone intimately enough to like desire them mm-hmm. and another th- big one is that like I'm not sure if you relate to this, Jeannie, but, like, I do not have to be desired by everyone. Mm. And, yeah. But sometimes I feel, like, physical pain (laughs) over that. Is that weird? No, I think that's legit. Because we just, we, like, want what we want so hard. It goes back to, like, the second letter writer's comment about, like, PTSD and the physicality of heartbreak. Like, I think that, like, there's nothing more physically painful than unhit potential. Mm-hmm. 
Can't build a house out of potential, though. You're totally right. <laughs> so what can you tell me about, um, what can you yell at me? Like, if I was saying to you right now, like, oh, my God, I'm so in love with my married friend, what mm-hmm. would you say to me? I mean, I would say, again, that person is actively choosing not to be with you. Right. Right. And so you can waste all of the time and energy that you want on something that's not going to happen. Yeah. And that is absolutely your prerogative, right? But again, sometimes your head needs to get out in front of your heart and and say, yes, I know that I have very strong feelings for this person. And I'm talking about this like... I, this has happened to me totally. too. And you like, have to log- you, you, This is how right? work. Like, you have to speak logic to the in uh, the illogical for sure. Right, right. And so, like, I'm the logic is this person is not accessible to me. Yes, and I am sorry if I made it seem like you're foolish for having these no, feelings. No, 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 like no. this no, is absolutely you were real. Well like, and I, I have the had those feelings, and in some ways, like, still have those feelings. Right. But it's also like I am. I cannot be with that person, right? And so this feeling that I have isn't serving me in a way that that makes me feel happy and healthy and whole, right? Right. And so I need to figure out a way to take those feelings and and put them into something that's going to make me a, a better person and is yeah. going to get me closer to the things that I want out of this life. And that that's a huge one. It's like, where are these feelings going to get me? What mm-hmm. life do I want? What, you know, and so... With that in mind, another thing, Jeannie, is like, I'm a huge sucker, period. I'm just an emotional sucker. And I'm very susceptible to people. And so, like, something that I've had to do in scenarios where things were unrequited or or impossible is, like, put some fucking distance between me and that person. Yeah. Like, give myself some space to mourn it like a real relationship. Maybe this person shouldn't be your best friend. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe you shouldn't be in love with your best friend, <laughs> you know? Um, maybe you shouldn't want to bone them, you know? No, that's real. And, and maybe, maybe yeah. that's unavoidable, but, like, I have—I'm ha- a very— like not out of sight, out of mind type of person, but like I have to draw very hard and fast boundaries or else my brain will walk all over myself, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so I've had to be like, okay, I am not going to text this person. Yep. If they ask me to go out, I'm going to process how I feel about that and then make a smart, safe decision for myself and my future. Yep. Um, and so I would say that so in summary, <laughs> number one, Oh my God, I relate a thousand times Mm -hmm. and I'm really sorry that you feel this way. For sure. Two, I'm also not sorry you feel this way because it's a beautiful thing to to see the full capacity of people, right? To feel love for someone like that. Yep. But number three, like take care of yourself. Make sure you're fostering space with this person that you're cultivating. Like maybe maybe there needs to be a little less intimacy, even Mm -hmm. though you value that so much. But like... Can you go out for a drink with him and not feel sad afterwards? Right. Can, what decisions are you making now or what boundaries are you setting now so that when you hang out with him and you go home sep- to separate homes at night, you don't feel lonely? Right. And so that's what I would be focusing on right now mm-hmm. is is building that part of it up. Yeah. And I, I also want to say kudos to you as well for being in the space of feeling so strongly for this person and also not acting on it, right? Like, yeah. And and respecting his boundaries, his relationship. I love that you love his partner. I right. think that you just sound so endearing to <laughs> right. me. Exactly. Um, love that. I think that it is, it's great that you want this person to be in your life and you also want to respect him enough to let him live his life the way that he wants to, right? Uh, but I think that Sierra is right in that 
putting a little bit of distance between you and him in terms of your intimacy will, I think, help offer you the space to to move past these feelings that you're feeling. I totally agree. And I just think, um, I know that you are never going to cross that line, but but I feel like you are putting yourself in danger every time you do it. I totally agree. Of crossing that line, first of all, but also just the amount of pain that you are putting yourself in in order to um, have this false sense of intimacy and connection with him. Right. right? And it's not false because you are two humans connecting on a real level, but it's false for you because it is is a mimicry of the thing that you actually want. Yes. And that is really painful and awful. And that, that facsimile is not the original, right? And you deserve the original. Yes, absolutely. Jeannie, we hope this helps. Thank you so much for writing. We love you. We love you. All right. That wraps up this episode and brings us to the blind date segment. Every episode, we want to shout something out. We want to send you home with this week. We want to set you up with Christmas movies. Christmas movies. (laughs) Sam loves Christmas. I do. I love Christmas. And we are officially in the Yule Tide. Yes. And so um, I'm doing basically nothing but watching Christmas movies all of the time. Right. Um, and so there are a number of really good ones to watch on Netflix. And so I would just say, like, watch Christmas movies. My favorite of recent years that is still on Netflix is A Princess Switch. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, starring Vanessa Hutchins as two characters. Oh, who look fun. identical. Like a parent trap, but for Christmas. Yes. And one is a princess and the other one is a baker. A baker. Yes. And so how she... common <laughs> common woman. Right. And so she the baker goes to Europe to be part of a great British bake off esque show. And there she meets this princess who looks exactly like her, and then they switch places and then they fall in love and it's fantastic. The ladies fall in love with each other that No. Oh. They fall in love. <laughs> like masturbation fantasy <laughs> no the, the baker falls in love with the prince and then got it the, got it got, yeah. it, got mm-hmm. it got it got it okay uh it's fantastic uh there are a multitude of bajillion movies on netflix that are christmas movies um but for me i get such joy out of it that i wanted to share it with you all sounds lovely all right everyone thank you so much for listening you can like us on facebook and you can follow us on twitter and instagram at just break up pod you can also slide into our dms send us your favorite relationship memes but most importantly you can submit your questions about all matters of the heart at justbreakuppod.com, which is also where you can find our merchandise if you need a last minute present mm. for somebody send them some just break up merch it'll it'll send the message yes <laughs> <laughs> Please don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five-star rating and review. That's all I want for Christmas. (laughs) Got it. What I want for Christmas is for you to support us on Patreon. (laughs) Uh, For $5 a month, you get an additional bonus weekly episode. Uh, Patreon.com slash Just Break Up Pod. This literally keeps the lights on and it helps us reach more brokenhearted souls who need two random strangers giving them relationship advice. Original music, recording, editing, and producing by our good friend Big Cats. Make sure to check out his podcast, The What If Podcast. And remember, you are strong and capable no matter how you feel. The changes you want to enact in your life, you can enact them today. You have the tools. You have the strength. You are meant to be in healthy relationships, and you can cultivate that within yourself and others. Choose to let go of fear. Choose to let go of anger. Choose to forgive yourself and others. Change will come for the better. 
And if all else fails, just break up.